Hi, this is Jerome with episode 12 of More Life. Today, Jeremy Stegel and I talk about creating a safe space for sharing, divorce and appreciating differences. Jeremy is a coach, author and speaker with a BA in psychology. In 2018, he started his blog, Where the Change Happens, which provides readers with tools for personal development. He achieved international success with his self-published book of the same title in 2020. And in 2022, he launched his coaching business, through which he empowers his clients to create new awareness and maximize their potential, bringing his unique perspective and uplifting energy to relationship both in and out of the workplace. Jeremy has published another book in 2022, After the Divorce, From Looking Back to Leaning In. More Life explores questions such as, how can we feel more alive and how can we create more aliveness around us from a variety of perspectives. If that's something for you, join all the others and subscribe. Jeremy, welcome. I want to dive right in with the question. Sure what thing. is your answer to the question, how do we create more life? How do we create more life? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that it would, it's a good place to start by defining what does more life mean to you? Like where are you at currently? And that identifying a gap of, nah, I'm not really fully living it. So I found that through coaching, you know, people feeling seen, heard and appreciated, you know, that definitely contributes to like expanding themselves and showing up like there is more I get, I can give. I didn't see it from this perspective. And, you know, through going through that process of developing, developing a, you know, what is your passion, identifying, you know, what is that next level of your interests or hobby, and then identifying ways to tap into to that, like you could be on the edge of really experiencing what the next level is to life, experiencing more of it, you know, but I think it's a great place to start by defining what does more life mean to me, and then mm -hmm. starting to create a vision of what does that look like, and then stepping into that vision one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you make this gesture of like opening the chest up. And I really yeah. like that because um, so my business name is Emerge to Prosper. And the idea behind it is the same. Like you have to open yourself up. You have to let the core of you emerge. Yes. And then you can you can prosper, you can blossom, you know. Mm -hmm. So that is very aligned with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I found like once I start, I started recognizing that there were areas of my life that I hadn't really tapped into or it started to shell in and close up. And then once I started to, to recognize that, I started to address, well, what is it that I'm shying away from that really used to light me up? And then I started leaning into that. And I feel like I'm experiencing this next level where every day feels like living the dream. Hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Okay. So opening yourself up to more opportunity and opening yourself up to see what is inside. What, what is it that wants to be expressed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I was at a point where I, it was 2016 and I was feeling like I wasn't really living a life by the, by my design, but doing what I thought I should be doing. And I wasn't quite satisfied with uh, the job that I had at the time. And I'm like, well, what can I do as far as like finding a new opportunity or relocating or, you know, it's something in my relationship at the time and, you know, addressing that stuff. Well, I mean, the relationship got to a point where it was ending, but I relocated and it's like, well, what do I want my life to look like? And where's the opportunity for that to be able to be experienced? And then putting myself in a position where I'm in that location, where I have the opportunity to engage with these areas of passion, whether it's music and hockey or, you know, connecting with the community or whatnot, but just putting myself in that opportunity to be able to create that experience of what is more life? What is that next level of connection? What is that next level of feeling like I'm really showing up in a, in a vibrant way that just gets me energized and I'm just jazzed up. And by then engaging with it, it just, it's a, a process where it continues to compound on its, itself. And you just, you, you keep expanding and you're like, I like this, I should do it again. And you, you, you connect with other people and you find new perspective. And then all of a sudden there's the next level of, you know, relationship connection and finding out areas of life that they might be tapping into that you don't know and vice versa. And next thing you know, there's a synergistic opportunity where you're doing more together just because of, you know, the opportunity that you had stepped into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Creating more life together. 
Yes. Um, how can an individual help another one be more, be more, more open or more? It's not the right word. Be more interested in exploring opening up. That's maybe the best phrasing. Hmm. Yeah. You know, creating like a, a an environment where you feel safe, you feel like you can let the guard down, you don't have to be defensive. And it takes time to establish that relationship. So really getting to know someone, you know, starting on the surface and working your way down, you know, to the, the depths of what's underneath, you know, this defensive response, or why do they always respond this particular way in this scenario? And, and hey, what's going on here? You know, and I see every time we, we go out to do this, you know, you respond this way. And in just having that dialogue and not really, and not taking anything personally and not trying to, you know, say something's right or wrong, but just to understand where a person is coming from. And through that process of getting to know another person, that's where you can find that, you know, what, find out maybe a reason why that they aren't engaging a hundred percent where they usually, you know, have the blinders up the wall or the self-defense and, you know, they just re- they, they forget that, oh, they've been lowering the wall all this time. And all of a sudden you see over the wall, you're like, wait, wait no, come over here with me. You know, you're okay. It's, it's yeah. all right to show up as who you are. And with whatever this thing is, it's fine. There's no mm-hmm. right or wrong. You being you and showing up whatever quirk or, or whatever it is, like, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. And, and just being with that person from wherever they are, I feel like that that creates, at least for me, in my experience, you know, relationship and, you know, people opening up to, well, you, you all, you have so much more energy than I do. Well, why do you think I have energy? Like I've got my own stuff I'm dealing with. And then mm-hmm. there's opportunity for dialogue and conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all want to just be ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. There, I, I mean, there's no person who says, I don't want to be myself. I want to wear a mask. Um, maybe in some situations because they're afraid, but you know, at 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 our core, everybody wants to just express themselves. And then, yes. if we enable each other and encourage each other to do that by creating conversation or spaces where that is possible, that's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Creating community, you know, I I, I think that that's a valuable you know way to do this, and especially in the, in the U.S. now, like there's so much opportunity to create communities where we can come together because there's been a drift in society and in our, in the culture that we could just connect and, and come from a place of curiosity and engaging in that dialogue without taking something personally or feeling like there's a right or wrong context. You just have to nail down. We can, we find commonalities and recognize that there's a lot of our experience and our journeys that are similar to each other. And next thing you know, like, Oh, what you too. Mm-hmm. Now you're not alone and and you've got a partner on that journey with you. Yeah. One of the men in in my men's group once said to me, the most personal is the most general. And I, I, I think he used a different phrasing, but he explained that the things that, that most people think are only applicable to them are actually applicable to everybody. And I stopped there in that moment and was like, damn that's right yeah that's deep yeah Yeah. you know i i started uh resonating with that more and and noticing that with my writing you know i I started a blog where the change happens in like 2016 and it was just for me a place where i could state what it was i was doing and what i was getting out of the results from just this experiment or you know this exercise of stretching my comfort zone and creating that more life experience for myself and people started showing up and, and reading the blogs and liking it and commenting and, and coming back to the website consistently. It's like, wait a minute, there's other people that resonate that, that feel this way too, that are working through this and, you know, finding podcasts about personal development and, and this sort, I recognize there was a whole community of people out there that were looking to have these sorts of conversations. And it's like, yeah. these are my people. I had no idea. And, and mm-hmm. sh- so it inspires me to continue to show up because I'm not the only person who's working through certain areas of communication, relationship, or creating, you know, my vision for the future. You know, other people are trying to figure out their way as well too. And it's, it's very interesting that, yeah, once you, you, you put it out there of what it is that you're working on, that you, 
people show up like no me too me too like i would have never guessed you know Mm -hmm. yeah i know that for myself that took courage and practice to show up that way especially uh well especially now after the the loss of our son it -hmm. was difficult to speak out to people what happened and especially then also be prepared for what they would say because Mm. it was very very easy for me to get triggered very easy so with time and with working through and with having heard a lot of shit you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm more prepared to have conversations and i'm just remembering a conversation i had a couple of weeks ago with somebody and uh kind of randomly it was well it was a professional talk a professional conversation Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. randomly, that topic came up, and um, we were talking about traveling. And I said, "Well, you know, it's more difficult for you to travel because of the children. We don't have any living living children, so it's easier for us." And then she was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, we lost our son, mm-hmm. and it was not necessary to say that. Nobody prompted me to do that. Nobody asked, but it yeah. was my truth, and I was just being authentic because that's that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, you know." easier for us to travel because yeah not that we don't have a child we have one but it's not alive and Mm. she reciprocated so she shared also Mm. something vulnerably and i was just here in you know right right here behind my behind my screen and thinking like wow this is really this is really good yeah this this feels really good i'm sharing and luckily this person also felt you know safe enough or, or strong enough or whatever it is to also share something from her yeah and it created a bond and it created a space that otherwise would have never been created yeah you know it's not the the same degree but speaking my truth like the the last job that i had before i've i've ventured out on my own as you know a life coach here I was talking about how I felt about work. I didn't feel like I could really voice my perspective. I mean, I worked, you know, for this company for over, for over a decade and Hmm. it gets to a point if I don't feel satisfied and I can't come to leadership and say, this is what I feel or what's going on, or I can't have a conversation to clear the air with another supervisor where there's a miscommunication or something that's ruffling feathers, that's creating some disharmony and chatter behind the scenes. That's not supporting the group overall in general. Like as I just started telling people how I felt, I mean, as I was mm-hmm. in my coaching program, I'm like, I can't hide this in. If I'm not satisfied, or if I have this issue, I'm talking to someone about it and I will scare the crap out of myself, bringing up what it is that's truthfully inside of me because I'm not hiding who I, how I feel. I'm not hiding who I am. And yeah. I feel like there was this response within coworkers and with my direct sales manager, where we able to have dialogue about, you know, what could I do, you know, to, to, you know, to, to try to make my way through the process as smooth as possible and, and find uh, just ways to continue moving forward with the company. And, you know, I just, there were just things that kept coming up. And I, so I, when we got a new district manager, I was like, Hey, this is how I feel. This is my vision. I don't intend on staying. I, plan on pursuing my passion and, and writing books and, and building a business as a life coach. And he's like, I, I commend you for, for following your passion. I want you to stay, but if this is how you really feel, hmm. you know, Hey, you know, good luck to you. You know, I, I wish you the best. And I still have his support. And I feel like if I had like a relationship with him sooner, you know, things could have been different, but hmm. if I didn't have that, you know, that capacity to, to share it sooner with other district managers or other managers. I mean, it was starting to creep up and it felt like maybe complaining a little bit, but you know, last year just got to a point. I'm like, I I'm, I'm repeating the same patterns. I'm a consistent here. If I want something different, create that experience, create relationship and share with people. This is what I'm doing. This is my intention. And unfortunately I'm not going to be here, you know, much longer, but, it's just where I'm coming from. There's no wrong way about it. I, it's a great company and they're doing a lot of good things in the community here. Just the fit for me started to shift. And as I started vocalizing what it was, I'm like, I started recognizing that there's, I'm holding on, you know, to safety and security. It's time to rip the bandaid off and to 
make the actual take the actual step forward into my business versus talking about it so often. So just, I mean, now it's seven months later, and I'm I'm here. I'm feeling more confident and energized, you know, about mm -hmm. my business and about working with my clients and writing and everything. And I just I stepped into this new vision of how I feel and sharing honestly with people. This is where I'm at, and yeah, just not shying away from really sharing that vulnerable inside. Yeah. With that also comes, I think I heard that in what you said, and I definitely see that in myself, getting more insight into myself. Mm -hmm. yes. If I share more, if I share more openly, it, it, it just means that I get a better view of what's actually going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. You're not ignoring, you know, emotions and, and trying to self-medicate them away where it's like, it's not even a thing, you know, where mm -hmm. you're just, I just didn't want to be that way. And yeah. It's really, well, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you in the end had a manager who was supportive and empathetic. I know that's not always the case, but I do, I, I do, it, it does seem to happen more and more at least when I, you know, talk with people and, and my clients that mm. this kind of, yeah, humane approach, let's say, empathetic approach uh, yeah. pops up in organizations where it's like, hey, you want to leave? Okay, how can I support you in the transition? Do you need help searching for a new job? Do you need an introduction? I do anything. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be that guy for, you know, when I was a manager or a sales rep. And in some areas, I didn't feel like, I was receiving that same support from certain people who were above me in the, in the hierarchy, but you know, it's a, a, an organization of people. We're all humans and you know, they mm -hmm. have priorities, they have goals and things that they have, they have to prioritize. So I understand, you know, that they're coming from where they're coming from of, okay, well, we'll replace you and we got to keep moving on. I would have appreciated more humanity of you were with us for over a decade and you've given so much to us. Mm. you know, thank you for that. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. And I've worked with a lot of different people and I have relationships, you know, across the U S you know, from working with this, you know, from working with the company. So I, I still feel appreciated. I feel seen. And I, I really appreciate the opportunities that I was afforded to be able to relocate and to have success and to develop my own skills because developing my leadership, my communication skills, relationship, writing my blog, I was applying all the stuff in the workplace and, and just feeding them, you know, with what it is that I'm learning. So mm. at the end of the day, like there's nothing to be upset about. And it's like, it's just, it's an organization. It's a business. They got things to do. All right. Don't take it personal, Jeremy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you talk about your blog post, what mm -hmm. was that already into the same direction as your book? Uh, yeah. So the, the first book actually is a iteration of those first blog posts that I had begun writing of what is this, what am I trying to create with, you know, getting divorced and reestablishing purpose and meaning in my life, you know, connect, creating connection and finding completion around areas that I was carrying with me. So I felt like if people were resonating with those first blog posts, like why not try support it? this content to a larger audience and, and republish them and reformat them. And once I did that, now that book has really gained momentum almost three years later. And it's a, a one of the top sellers on divorce on Amazon, which is surprising wow. that I, I just put this out there of what I'm working on and people are resonating with it in this manner that it's like, holy crap, there's, there's definitely something here. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I just, I, it's, it's been my lane of, of developing, developing these different areas. I've had this curiosity around human nature growing up anyway. So it provided an opportunity for me to tap back into something I used to do in childhood and, and add, you know, my college experience of being a psych major and, and researching different aspects of human nature and then putting it all together. And the process has been evolving to, to where we are now with where the change happens. Mm, yeah. I would be curious what you would tell perhaps an audience member who themselves or know somebody who's going through divorce or is right after divorce, mm -hmm. what, you know, would be important to do or not do? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, everyone's situation is going to be different, but you know, I would, I would say, don't go back and do what you were doing before, like revert to the, Hmm. okay, what was I doing before I got married? I was a wild child. All right, let's go get wild. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, that works for some people, you know, but, uh, I feel like something that's important to do is to spend time with identifying or being with what did you bring to the relationship and also what was missing that ended up causing this, this rift or that was a part of why things didn't go the way that you had intended, whether it's marriage or, you know, dating or whatever. And is there something that you wish to, to see differently in your next relationship or to, to carry forward and then, yeah, just, yeah, just can start to take steps or find support in the community that's engaging with this new version, this new vision of yourself or of, of life, or, you know, whether it's a men's group or divorce group or new in town, finding a new community mm-hmm. and, and starting to tap into a new way. Hmm. So reflecting on what, what is it that worked? What is it that I brought to the table that I liked? And also, what is it that I did not bring or not enough? And mm-hmm. perhaps also, what, what did I look for in the other person that was not there? And that was, you know, right. a problem for me. Yeah. Like just identifying who is this ideal version I'm looking for, whether it's, you know, physical appearance, appearance, education, job, uh, hobbies, whatnot. I've got a list of, you know, things I'm looking for out of a, a partner, but also like, um, uh, yeah, I did, I, I'm drawing a, a blank here. Um, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Sorry. Could you repeat the question? Sorry. I, yeah, no problem. Um, so <laughs> went into my head and then I got lost in like the, who am I looking for? And, <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying that it was also yeah looking at oneself what did i bring what did i not bring oh. and then also the other person what did they yeah what, what did they not bring or what did they bring which was a problem for me right yeah I, and i remember what i was thinking because i wrote the list of uh qualities in a partner but i also wrote like before i moved to seattle like who am i going to be in seattle what am i doing mm-hmm. how do i look how am i behaving i wrote down like i don't know like 20 different points of who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up, but also what I wanted to create in Seattle. It's like a three page writing exercise. I just like, how am I going to pay off my debt? What am I going to do different in mm-hmm. Seattle? Like, how am I going to be doing this? And just sit there and brainstorm of, and just brain dump whatever it is that comes out, whether it feels like pie in the sky, far-fetched or like exactly like, I know this is exactly going to happen. I wrote it all down. And years later, still looking at this list is like, holy crap, like this stuff is actually happening. I am mm-hmm. creating this. And the people that I have dated in Seattle have fit this model of who it is I look, I'm looking for, you know, certain things, you know, apply, you know, people not looking for the same type of relationship that I was or wanting to sprint to the finish line where I wanted to start to get to know them and develop a a bond relationship. But it helped me recognize like, what are patterns in, in the behavior? What did I not cover of? What do you want out of this relationship? What do you want to create together? Like how, are we going to be versus this is how I was raised. This is how I was raised. And then butting heads of who's going to win in like, well, yeah. my way, no, my way. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you want to, how do you want to come together and collaborate and, and be in partnership with each other? And, you know, recognizing that these are areas that I was looking for. It, it just impacts how I show up and, and what I'm putting out there in the world. And yeah, I, I think that that introspection of recognizing my consistent patterns of what I'm bringing to that relationship as well. And all those other areas, as I've discussed, it's been a supportive process to, yeah, just to see who, see what, what happens out of the experience of showing up in this capacity. And I'm absolutely excited about what's been happening as my results. Cause like I've said earlier, like, it feels like I'm living a dream every day. Mm. Oh, that's so good to you. And when you talk about, you know, two different upbringings clashing, I just have to think of a small example that I got more and more aware of in the last couple of weeks. So um, I grew up eating the salad first and then the main dish. Mm, Yeah. My partner did not. 
she would eat the things, you know, side by side. Mm-hmm. And I would sometimes be like, Dazzle, why does she serve me the main plate Mm-mm. that is warm right now? But then I have the salad here that I still have to finish. And then when I finish it, the main plate is not warm anymore or not as warm anymore. Like, right. I was like, why does she do that? Who does that? And it's like, yeah. well, people, some people do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Recognizing that people do things different ways. They have different traditions for, for meals. And yeah, something mm. as simple as, as eating a meal, like in, in the order that you eat what, you know, what in like, sometimes I'll start with dessert, I'm like screw it. I'm eating the sugar, <laughs> the delicious right away. And then I'll eat the meal and, and whatnot. But, you know, sometimes I try to mix up the order of how I do things just to not be so consistent all the time. But it, yeah, when it's something that's, you know, a family value or whatnot, it's, it's opportunity for conversation about, you know, family yeah. tradition and, and culture and, and why it's meaningful, you, meaningful to you to do things this way. Like when I moved to Florida a few years ago, I stopped like my traditions of celebrate, not like I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatnot. I just, I didn't travel. I didn't have the same meals. Like, why do I do things the way that I do? Like if I miss it, I'll reintroduce it into my normal routine. But if I don't miss it, it's probably not something that I need to continue doing. It doesn't serve me, but you know, that's an exercise of one person on their own, but having someone else as a partner and, and around, yeah, like that's something that I recognize that I that I like to have as part of my relationship is, you know, mm-hmm. having conversation about why do you do what you do? And when I notice that thing, it's like, that's weird or that's different from what I would typically do. Yeah, yeah, that's why I bring it up because it actually took me a while. I mean, we've been together for years. So it came up now that I realized like, like we we are different when it comes to eating. You know, we're different when it comes to eating the salad. Like, yeah. And and I didn't I didn't think of it before because I've never been observant of it. I guess you know hmm. because for me it was just like that's just the way it is, right? So right, exactly. if it's just the way it is, it's difficult to extract myself and look at it. Yeah. And I think yeah. as actually relating to relationships in general, it is sometimes much easier for an outside person to see the patterns that are mm-hmm. repeating. So for example, you know, a person has one relationship ends, it has another one ends, it has another, and you see exactly what they're doing. You, you, you may see exactly, or you may think, you know, why it is like that, but mm-hmm. they don't see it because they're in it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my experience as well, too, recognizing, you know, for my divorce, and then the next relationship after that, like why I left or repeating conversations around, you know, like finances and, and, and whatnot. It's like, why do we keep having these conversations around finances? Well, what am I doing to actually develop my ability to be financially responsible? Hmm. I'm not really doing anything. Well, what do you, how do you, what do you want to do about that? How do you want to be going forward? If yeah. this is a consistent and this is important, you can either do nothing or you can shift from where you are and be more financially responsible and have more money <laughs> at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. it, it sounds easy talking about it, but then it's, it's changing your relation. It's addressing your relation, my relationship to money, my context around, you know, finance, you know, but that took me going to courses and engaging with programs that were about helping us resolve these particular areas, but recognizing it. Yeah. That's, that's, sometimes the hardest part, but I was, I think when, when I left Iowa, it was recognizing, okay, all my friends are married and having kids and I I'm single again. And now I'm recognizing like patterns of why do I leave or wanting to be right. And, and how that's a strategy that might support me before, but it's not always about being right. And it's not always about like you, you, this, and, and I'm, I'm not that way, you know, and yeah, just recognizing that pattern. And right now I'm, I'm still working through that of, you know, just recognizing that, you know, I have a strategy of things that work for me and how it might be limiting opportunities for me as well too. So yeah, recognizing these patterns is like, okay, it might be the way that works for me, but sure. I love being, you know, single, having space, but at the end of the day, like, do I just want to be single and just 
have space and it's just me. Like, no, I want to be in a relationship. Well, what am I doing and how am I being that? I feel like I have what I want, but really the root of what I want in connection and relationship. Like, let, let's go in there, Jeremy. Let's be vulnerable and talk about, you know, opening up and, and sharing that with people in the community and, and dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's difficult to put myself back into those shoes because it's been a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I do remember that I used to be pretty reflective, also pretty judgmental of myself, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, I recognize areas where I grew up in a culture of judgment as well, too. And these thoughts would always just pop in, just judging, judging, judging myself, other people, situations, organizations. It's like, it, there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself. Like, it is what it is. Like, it just is. Can you accept that and choose how I want to be moving forward, given that it is. I'll be fine either way. And, but again, I've had support to develop this muscle and to, to, to really deepen this level of trust with myself. I spent the entire last year of deepening my, my level of relationship to myself of trust as a, my, as a friend, as a coach, you know, just at home, like I want what I, I know that I, what I want matters. And I trust that what I'm doing is what is meant for me. So having support, you know, to develop this, this muscle, I, I think that that's definitely valuable as well too. When you talk about nothing, you know, is is either better or worse, you know, it's not black and white. I have to think of something really profound that one of my professors told me. I was writing my master's thesis and I would, you know, write a, a sentence, a comparison and writing like, this method is better. And she was like, you cannot say that. I was like, why not? She said, no, you, you cannot say that. You cannot say better without having the comparison. I was like, yeah. uh, okay, what do you mean? She's like, no, you cannot say that. And I was, I, was I, I got annoyed in the moment because I was like, <laughs> but that's how you write. And she was, she, she, she was not native English. And mm. I considered myself better in English, you know, whatnot. Um, mm. A bit of ego inflated maybe. And then later I realized like, that's so true. Because oftentimes we say, oh, this is better. Better for whom? In what situation? In what context? Exactly. Yes. And her saying that, not in the moment, but a bit after, really helped me to ask that question more. Like, you know, th- th- you know, somebody says, these are the best pancakes I've ever eaten. I'm like, okay, how many have you eaten? How many different <laughs> ones have you eaten? <laughs> yeah, you can go to that level, but it's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. when in my coaching program uh, that I was in, it they were very supportive and helping me recognize these different areas of context that I wasn't aware of and how I was applying them. Like the if then, like if this happens, then I will do that. And like I just carry that all over the place. Like I'm not doing this until that happened. Like and like you're why why not have both? Like mm-hmm. because I want to do it this way. Like but you can have both like you can have everything it, it might take some work it might take some support or whatever a process it's like and then i just i noticed that resistance or that's when i noticed the judgment and i started noticing right wrong context and and either or and all of that stuff and i mean there's a whole host I've, I've written down a list of them i'm like holy crap like i didn't realize there were so many different contexts just floating around that i was viewing the world through that was impacting how i was showing up and yeah, like that's when I really start to, to recognize the, the right wrong. Like it's all like just opportunity. It's all what happens. It's and then the results or consequences of that decision. But to empower your choice and to follow through on that, it's a, it's a, I was going to say it's a better way. It's a, like, <laughs> it's, it's more helpful or supportive than disempowering your choice and your opportunity by limiting your, your limiting how you show up and shelling in and not saying what's your truth, not actually moving that thing forward and engaging with that context. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for catching you. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just 
quickly talked about, you know, financial awareness and responsibility. And this was one of the things that I had to work through. I had a very limiting belief around money where one of the thoughts that I carried with me was you can either be a good person or you can have a lot of money. Hmm. And then I had to break free from that and say, like, oh, I can also be a good person with a lot of money that, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But but for a long time, you know, that was just a belief for, I don't know, 20 something years. That was just a belief that was in my head and I didn't question it. It was just, that's how the world is. And I, I looked at the world through those lenses and yeah. I saw, oh, you know, that person did something bad and. And oh, that person is rich, so they must be, you know, exploiting people and and whatnot. And hmm. that is so limiting. I mean, it is true in some cases, sure, um, but not in all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been an interesting journey because uh, moving to, to to South Florida, you know, I I moved down there because I felt like I could have success, you know, with the company I was working with, and that wealthy people were moving down there to retire and whatnot. It's like, let's see what I'm what I can do. And mm. so being like, you know, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach Gardens, you know, you know, Fort Lauderdale, that sort. Sure, there's money down there. There's people being, you know, assholes about it. But there's also people doing a lot of great work. And even being in Seattle, like just seeing like people who have resources, how they are supporting the community. And it's yeah. where are you looking like when I, when I started empowering, like, OK, I'm going to connect to the community. Who do I want to be around? Charities, you know, like mentorship programs and started engaging with those areas. I started seeing people who had money, who were trying to lift up the community and highlight areas to bring people together to to fix things that has been neglected and whatnot. And starting to pay attention to there are people out here who are trying to who are doing big things. How can I connect and support that vision and that mission? And it's yeah, you, you just see there's 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 both sides of, you know, all sides of humanity that are out there, people who are about themselves and me, me, me. And there's people like, I have what I need in abundance. How can I support other people who don't have mm -hmm. what they need to even have a basic, you know, place to start from? Let's help them have the, the opportunity so that they can experience this expansive, meaningful life as well, too. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just really incredible. Like just, just meeting people where they are and mm -hmm. but of course if if you're feeling taking advantage of there there, yeah, there can be some emotion with that as well too yeah but then it's like you know there's a reason why people are doing what they're doing not taking it personally and declaring what it is that i want to create or what we want to create and moving forward into that vision versus staying stuck on this guy is screwing everybody out of their money over here like the world sucks it's going to complain about it and be pissed off all the time it's mm. one way to be but you know is that going to get you to really where you want to be in life yeah yeah it can be more difficult but in the end i would say better for the person in terms of uh not limiting themselves to zoom out right to zoom out and and, and think about mm. okay what, what is actually going on here what yeah. what what are the beliefs that I have or that other people have that create this context the way that I perceive it, this situation the way that I perceive it? And you know, I uh hmm. in in this journey of breaking down these limiting beliefs around money for me, it was really it was surprising. Now I laugh about it, but it, it was surprising that I had really like heart to heart conversation with mm -hmm. a person who had a lot of money i was like mm -hmm. i didn't think that was possible before <laughs> yeah 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 as we're talking like i realized like that program that i went to to support me developing my financial relationship that was one of the questions that they asked you know people with money are good and people or people are with money are bad and and why like they had these question prompts or whatever and where everyone's answering you know like people who don't have money and yada yada and people mm. who have money are bad and yada yada then we're talking to other people in the group or in the in the room during the event and just recognizing how many people had this perception in context that people who have money are bad and it's like mm. where is this coming from because what about you know philanthropy and and people who are and that's what got me triggered into there's a different community i can tap into 
that instead of focusing on the negative that I can be engaged with what's positive that I agree with that I want to support and <laughs> take it for granted now that's been so many years, but it did take some support and being with other people who had that limiting belief that once we all had that recognition, we're like, holy crap, wait a minute. This is, we can look at this a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's been helpful. <laughs> yeah. And, and stories help, you know, and, and maybe that's, you know, I, I know there are lots of good nonfiction books out there and many of them are very factually, very science-based, but sometimes it is just so much more important to have the empathic component of a book so you can actually mm-hmm. connect with it. And that's, I think that's what people crave and that's what more people buy compared to just the, the factual, uh, yeah. this this is how it is. And, and, you know, if you're in this kind of situation, you should do this, that, that, uh, rather than a story like, damn, this was fucking difficult. Yes. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also part of why I wrote the, the two different styles of books that I have, like with the nonfiction, a book where the change happens that it's what worked for me. And, you know, ideas of what you can try and results that I got from, from trying these exercises, but at the same time, what worked for me won't work for everyone. And mm-hmm. so writing a fiction story of the experience after divorce and trying to move forward and create this momentum, but not finding success and being stuck and then having support with another life coach and how that could support your life moving forward and how you can really create transformation from this that inspired that second book. And that's really what that story is about. It's that immersive experience where you can see the coaching conversation and see the questions that are being asked and be like, wait, what would I do in this situation? Or Hmm. damn, that sucks. Or that happened to me too. And what happens next? You know, connecting with people, you know, from, from these different, you know, ranges, I feel like people learn from, you know, model behavior and what we read and what we see in the media and whatnot. So trying to support from how people learn and sharing an entertaining story that has value and insight to support these different areas of your life. If you choose to apply, you know, the principles that are listed, but if not, you know, hopefully you enjoyed the content and it was, you know, something that sparks, you know, an idea of creativity or something for you that you can take moving forward in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when I watch movies, the ones that I like most are the ones where it is engaging, Mm. but there's also at least a tiny bit of feeling empowered by learning with the main character by, you know, opening my eyes just a tiny bit more to something like, wow, this was a really good movie. Yeah, the hero's journey, right? Like, uh-huh. that's why like Star Wars is so big. Just everyone following, you know, Luke's progress from being a, a, you know, less than individual who doesn't have means to recognize that he's got this unique skill and ability to the journey of honing that skill to becoming, you know, a great, you know, Jedi, becoming a legend, and like how the the movie series has expanded. But it's been this evolution of this character and him embodying these skills as a good person, as a Jedi and, and yada, yada, but, and following the hero's journey was part of, you know, my, my story format with uh, the book after the divorce is so you could, you could learn along with the main character as he's, his eyes are opening up and how, as he's recognizing these things are happening, you're, you're right there with him in the conversation in the thought process in the journals as he's, you know, processing his experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I, th- I think we humans are just meant to be storytellers. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit. And you, you mentioned several times that you love your life that you're living right now. So I'm mm-hmm. curious and want to ask you, how does your ideal day look like? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, ideal day. <laughs> done a writing exercise about this as well too so it's funny you ask um so i start my morning you know i walk in my dog you know we will go out get some exercise she gets some energy and engagement outside with people and whatnot and then i'll come in um spend some time in meditation journaling and 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 read for an hour you know 
did meditation journaling about 15 minutes each of those and then uh, journal for an hour after that you know writing all day writing well, well well, for a few hours at least and, and to start the day um i mean yeah some you get lot if when i get you know into a state of flow when it comes to writing i could be there all day and not even recognize it and not want to do anything else so some days that's the one thing and that's all that i do um but also if there's an opportunity to, to play guitar in there at some point i have multiple guitars i i grew up a musician and band nerd and whatnot so just play my feelings, you know, you know, jam out to something on the radio or just ad lib something along to what I hear. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Guitar, you know, exercise perhaps as well in there, but I know what would really crush it at the end of the day, going to Seattle crack and hockey game. I love, love, love hockey. Like, absolutely. I mean, it was just at a game while well, I was, yeah, I was there last night and I have partial season tickets. So getting to go to hockey, as often as I do, like connecting with that community of people with those fans, you know, being in Seattle before the, the team got here, like I knew I wanted to be a passionate Kraken fan from the very beginning. And so having season tickets for hockey, like that is something I declared years ago that I would have. And it's been part of my reality ever since I had Iowa Wild season tickets for five years, Florida Panthers for two years. And now Seattle Kraken is my first year. And I didn't think it was going to happen. And so the fact that I got season tickets and they're doing well, getting to go to hockey games, it's just absolutely the best. Absolutely the best. Nice. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, yes. I I haven't been to, to a major sports game for a long time, but last mm. time I was in one, it was, it was insane. The energy was just so, wow, just, just taking me, just taking me in. And, and, and it was, it was crazy. We were in the ultra section of, mm. Actually, the the opponent's team. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> but I didn't care too much. I, I just went with the flow, and it was an awesome experience. So yeah, I you know I have to think back of that when when you tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I like I went to a, a road game for the Seattle Kraken last year, and I think it was in Minnesota, and I was giving everybody crap. We weren't a good team last season, but. I didn't care. I love the team and I was seeing them on the road. And that was a part of a dream of getting to see them playing games on the road. And that's something I will continue to do. And everyone's like, your team's not good. Why are you so excited? I'm like, because we're kicking your asses. That's why. And like, okay, <laughs> we're up to two. We were up to nothing at that point. So I figured it's a good time to talk crap. And then we lost six to two and everyone around me was just giving me all the hard time, but it was a playful banter. Like, we weren't yeah. taking it so seriously, but being able to have fun with it and like, oh, how do you think about it now? It's like, oh, I knew it was going to happen. That's why I had to get that first period in. You know, <laughs> I just I just love engaging with people. Hockey just for me, it's been an opportunity to, to connect with people, you know, especially being a person of color and it not being a sport that's, you know, predominantly right. African-American or, you know, people of, of color in general. Like to be able to connect with people around this passion, the sport, it's provided a lot to me. So being connected to hockey whether i'm playing or i'm watching as a fan or i'm on the road cheering them on like it's connecting with people and and being in that energy and just that excitement and i just i love it i love it mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't love a hockey fight i mean come on <laughs> i haven't seen one live yet maybe oh. one day Oh yeah, yeah. You'll your eyes will, will go bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seeing someone getting punched in the face, it's uh it's a tough way to make a living, but there's a purpose behind it. And the people who are willing to do that and stick up for their team, it's a hard, it's a hard way, but they're some of the most liked people in the locker room because mm. everyone knows like they've got someone who's willing as far as it takes to stand up for the team and to say no, like enough is enough, or when you need mm -hmm. a spark there's that guy and everyone loves that guy. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you see it and hopefully no one gets hurt, you know, hurt. Right. Yeah. It's good to know that somebody has one's back. Absolutely. I mean, in life in general, right? Yeah. Hmm. You mentioned that you write a lot. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that what you're currently focused on? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's part of right now. I'm I'm working on uh, building a a, co a a group coaching program, so mm -hmm. putting that together. But every day I'm writing, you know, because that 
that's part of where these ideas come for blog posts or for content for books and topics I want to write about. And I do uh, have, uh, you know, some intentions and plans to to ha have another book come out, you know, hopefully in the next year and then start work on my next fiction, uh, my next fiction story, fiction novel. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that'll probably be another year plus of the writing process of putting that all together and editing and everything. But yeah, I, I would like to continue publishing books and and just continuing to write blog posts and just honoring that introspection, but also supporting other people who are on this journey of what areas can I develop or how do I even begin to engage in areas around personal development or coaching, creating a vision for the future. So I just want to continue to show up and and support that journey and yeah, and 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 work through my my stuff. But working through my stuff, not just because it's about me, but because we're all working on our stuff and we have this common area and it's part of connecting to that community. And yeah, so writing is a lot of, of, of what I do that and going out mm -hmm. and networking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, talking about connecting and networking, what is the best way for people who got interested in what you do and who you are to connect with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can you can find my my work at wherethechangehappens.com. It's my web, my website. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, Jeremy Stegall is my name on LinkedIn. J E R E M Y S T E G A L L. And I'm on Instagram at Where the Change Happens Coaching. Perfect. And, Great. Yeah, and my book my books are also available on Amazon and Google Play. Uh, the first book, the personal development book, is Where the Change Happens. The fiction novel is called After the Divorce, From Looking Back to Leaning In. Great. I will add the links into the description. And I want to thank you very much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Jerome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you got something out of this episode, share that with your friends or colleagues, or even with me by sending a message on my socials. Subscribe to get notified about new episodes and leave a rating or comment in your app to help others find more life. If you have requests for future topics or suggestions for fitting guests, email me at joram at emergetoprosper.com. In the next episode, Samuel Selfworth Sam Osborne and I will talk about self-worth, no surprise, taking daily action and the balance of support and challenge. Thanks again and hopefully until next time.